0: and I'm just hearing this too often, which is ghosting. So that, that's a term that I hadn't heard about. I kind of always, you know, when I first learned about it, I thought it was like when you were dating someone and they just you know, stopped taking your calls. Um, but it is the same concept when it's an employee candidate relationship. We'll have people that get two, three, four interviews in with a company and then suddenly no communication. Right. So not only does that sour that relationship with that person, but they're sharing this and they're probably sharing it on social media and other platforms to talk about their experience. So we wanna let employers know the importance of communication even if that person is not gonna move forward.
1: We are looking forward our way. We're in Studio C in the 511 Studios, just south of downtown Columbus. This is Brett. With me is Carol. How are you?
2: I'm good, Brett. Thank you. Um, you know, we've got an interesting conversation that we're going to have today. The issues in our workforce, there, it's everywhere. The the questions that we have, the issues that are out there, the problems we're trying to solve. Um, these Issues are not necessarily new with the pandemic, but they have are exacerbated. It's just blown up um, in terms, particularly on our shortage of workers. So we really want to talk about this today. We've grown to a critical level, and we need to grab hold of all of these issues regarding our economy and the workforce. And it, it's we see it every day in the newspaper. We have lots to discuss and but let me first introduce our guest Kelly Fuller who is the Vice President of Talent and Workforce Development for the Columbus Chamber of Commerce. Hello, good afternoon.
1: And welcome back.
2: Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> it's always great it's always, to have people coming yeah, we, back. Yeah. What what, um, what the listeners miss out on is the half hour conversation we've already had <laughs> before we actually turn the mics on. I know. I, um, I, I need
1: to record that stuff occasionally. <laughs> so just like that part, put it right in the middle.
2: Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So so Kelly's been with us before and we've had lots of different conversations regarding workforce development, training, all of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. She's one of our, our great l- experts here in our community. So we love having her.
1: All right, you were here before, but your titles changed, and and could you give us a little bit of background? What's going on? Why that got changed, and and what's going on with you?
0: Yeah, well, thank you, and and great to see you guys. And it's always wonderful to be in this space and part of this conversation. Maskless, that's true.
2: Oh my gosh, that's true. Right, so
0: start investing in that lipstick and lip balm again. I know, put your earrings back in. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, so so what's going on at the Columbus Chamber? Um, As mentioned, my role is VP of Talent and Workforce Development, and what does that mean? So if you think about the entire life cycle of the employee-employer relationship, my role is really to help make those connections at all those different intersects. So if you think about if I'm a business owner, and I'm trying to find talent. I can help you find those sources of talent, those talent pipelines. If you want to upskill and train, we can help connect you in those ways as well. Um, if you're looking at ways to retain, because right now, you know, as Carol mentioned, it's a it's tough out there to try to find people. And once you get them on board, how how do you keep them? That's really important. It's it's easier to keep someone than to try to go out and find additional new people. So sourcing talent, hiring, onboarding, retention. Helping to develop really good benefit packages, which is also really important right now to to job seekers. So really, my role there is just to help our businesses understand what they can do to to become employers of choice and to understand who the providers are in the community, whether they're education um, providers or social services or different agencies.
2: Right. And, and you had mentioned the retaining. I mean, that's that's the thing that employers are not only not finding new applicants, but they can't hold on to the people that they have because everyone's kind of poaching from each other. They are. And, you know,
0: you see a lot of things that kind of contribute to that. I was working with uh, a member oh, just this just this week who had posted a really good position. I mean, I I know what this position does. I know about this company. I had gotten zero applicants. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what is wrong? So as I'm looking at the the posting, they're about... 37 things that they'd like this person to be able to do and all do it well Mm
2: -hmm. and there
0: are three things listed on the posting that if you do those things it'll get you fired so I'm thinking what is it about this posting that would make someone want to apply to come work there so the counsel was you know think about your job postings as an opportunity to market your business because right now the job seeker has a lot of the power. I mean, mm-hmm. they can they can be very choosy. It's a lot like the housing market. You know, right now it's a seller's market. You know, it's 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 hard for buyers to get in, so sellers have more of the power. It's kind of the same in the job seeker employer world. The job seeker is being very discrimi- discriminating about where they want to work, and they can make demands that maybe they haven't in the past. And right. our businesses aren't necessarily... Um, always ready, you know, to make those changes that they need to do in order to be
2: attractive. It seems like um, job postings are such a critical piece in the process, and yet it's probably the piece that is either completely ignored or has become so huge that it's impossible to figure out if you would fit into that organization. Absolutely. And you know, what
0: I've been coaching our businesses is it's a marketing tool. I mean, think about this, right. As, as marketing who you are, why, why does someone want to come work there? You know, bring that same energy that you do when you're, when you're talking about your product or service to the market. Um, so, and it was, it was interesting. Uh, the, the, uh, company I was working with had said that, you know, to your point, Carol, um, it hadn't really looked at the job posting in ten years, so it's, right. it's time to dust it off and yes. let's 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 <laughs> let's get it more exciting. We, we
2: used to have those conversations <clears throat> with employers during the recession mm. because they couldn't afford to have three or four people. Instead of rethinking the jobs, they just threw three or four position descriptions together at $10 an hour and couldn't figure out why even in a recession they couldn't get people to apply for those jobs.
0: I think I was one of those um, employees back then because I uh, made eye contact with someone in a uh, uh, staff meeting one time and suddenly inherited managing a a medical program (laughs) and I thought, well, I've been to the doctor. And that's that's my the extent of my
1: expertise. You didn't miss a meeting. You were at the wrong. I meeting. was at the wrong meeting for we, sure. We,
2: we had a <laughs> we had a guest How? who is who is an elected official. So I won't I won't say his name. <laughs> but it, his the his responsibilities as a, as a, an elected official. This office has the most bizarre pieces and parts that go to it. And we finally decided that at some place in the past. That particular elected official had missed a meeting. <laughs> 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 Everything that everybody else didn't want to do got throw thrown down, into throw that, that job. In yeah, exactly. so yeah. so he knows he knows who he is, and shout out to him. But um, <laughs> so it, really, our, the economy is is trying to move. Yes. Things are things are happening that are good and positive. Yes. Not just what all the negative that you you see in the news. Right. Um lots of new projects going on and in, including the new Intel project here in Central Ohio. So we're really excited about that. Um, but we look different than we did two years ago, needless to say. Let's give our audience um the good news as well as what are the challenges that we're facing right now. Yeah. How exciting, right and hmm. even
0: in the president's State of the Union address, you know, to recognize that Intel is coming to right. central Ohio and what a you know what a game changer for all of us. Um, so I think the great opportunity, the good news is um, you're going to see suppliers that are going to be suppliers to Intel that will be that are maybe already here and others that will grow or come here um, that will help you know grow our economy and grow our base the really one of the really cool things that caught my, Career Tech Education Geek Heart was to look at the the listing of jobs that are coming to to mm-hmm. the area of, through Intel. And when you look at the list, about 50% do not require a four-year degree, and in right. some cases, not even a two-year degree. So and these are highly paid, sustainable, good, good jobs doing great work that's, you know, helping all of us. So the fact that people can get from Point A to point B quickly. I might have to take a, a short-term, certificated or credentialed program, and I can go to work there. Um, maybe I, that, maybe that's my in, and then I get to move up within, you know, within the company. I also think that we're going to start to see things like how do we do a better job of resolving transportation because mm-hmm. we're going to have to be bringing people from the hinterland, um, you know, out, you know, closer to where that location is going to be. So I think we're going to start getting more intentional. Um, collaboratively, public and private sector to figure mm-hmm. out how do we resolve that. Whether it is you know our good friends at Coda, whether it is others in in the region, um, you know whether we finally get rail, you know to help pull some of these workers from areas that are further away from the Intel site.
2: And with the money coming on the infrastructure bill, that those this is opportune. Right. When you were you were saying your your uh, many year of many years of <laughs> career advising geek heart. My geek heart was seen number one, we're bringing back manufacturing into Ohio when all of it had gone overseas. Yes. And then what did we see? But because everything had escaped to overseas when the pandemic hit, we couldn't get things. Uh, you know, you're mm-hmm. looking for toilet paper, you're looking for paper towels. We were looking for chips. Yes. Who better to come back into Ohio than to have Intel? come in and make those chips here. That's, That's
0: phenomenal. Absolutely. And I'm with you on the manufacturing. I think I've shared this with the with the two of you before, but I first generation college student paid my way through college by working in a paper mill in a factory and saw what happened in my small hometown when the factories went away. Right. And you know, yes, yay, we're getting
2: manufacturing back in, in a really big way, right? Mm-hmm. It's Intel. <laughs> so. Exactly. Right. And yeah. it's and it's clean. And and it, the good paying jobs, things, opportunities that folks are going to have to do better and uh, talk about stabilizing their family. Yes. That's, mm-hmm. that's amazing to Yes,
1: think. I agree. You know, thousands have left the workforce without a clear picture to return. And 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 what we mean here is that they truly did leave. It wasn't It's just that they quit their job and looking for something else. I mean, they are gone. They're not even in the numbers coming mm-hmm. back. Um, we were talking earlier off mic, but, and you confirmed that nearly 2 million older adults have left the workforce, retired earlier, or given up on finding a safe place to work. They're just out. Moms are unable to secure affordable childcare. <laughs> young folks are having difficulty managing their school life with work life employers can't find anybody to hire and their recruiting efforts as we kind of alluded to earlier are are not great right now so what can be done i mean are what programs services or agencies are available to employers that can lead to better or even more successful recruiting
0: Right that's a a lot going on there right I know, it, it's, I know. It's, it's 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 complex um you know one of the things is i think for employers to really look at you know kind of back to that job posting again you know look at the jobs that you're trying to fill and determine you know is this still valid is this really a full time job is this a part time job is this a project you know are there ways then that maybe i can engage with workers who have either by their own choice left the workplace, older workers, or have found themselves kind of pushed out. Um, You know, are there things that I can bring them back in, again, whether it be project-based or part-time? One of the things that, uh, you know, keeps people out often we find with older people is, you know, we still have that continued fear of being back in a space where, you know, even though we seem to have COVID, you know, kind of contained. knock on wood, um, you know, people still have fear of, you know, contracting. We also know that older adults are stepping in the to the crease to provide that childcare solution for their adult children, children. So um, some of the agencies, I know the Employment for Seniors folks are still very involved in, in working mm-hmm. on this. Um, you know, like I said, the those um, businesses themselves, though I think they should be reaching out to organizations like that to say, who's you know, who's available. Really get finite in what you're looking for. You know, again does this job really take 27 different skills that you have to do? Or can I find someone who's a very, maybe it's a very niche thing I need to have done. And is there someone out there, maybe an employment for seniors or others that can fill that space? Well, and a
1: shout out to nonprofits as well too. Uh, I think through this whole COVID process, I think nonprofits are stronger than they were before. They had to survive in even worse situations Mm -hmm. than maybe a lot of for-profit organizations. So they really are there making it work
2: and and have an incredible pool of people yeah. who are qualified to do these jobs. One of the things and that we and I didn't set this up in the question for Kelly and so I'm going to catch her off guard here a little bit. One of the problems that I always had with employers is that um because they no longer actually read the resumes and send it through their artificial intelligence programming they're cutting people out. Is that still an issue?
0: Yes, and I think that's where a lot of the bottleneck is. I think yeah. we're starting to see, you know, everything old is new again, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We're starting to see a return to more, um, you know, in-person type of connectivity, you know, that using, you know, what we always said, use your network. Um, right. And we're also getting businesses, I think, that are looking at, you um, That that AI piece of it, you know, who is it? What are what are the keywords that are kicking people out? You know, whether they're there or whether they're not. I also want to give a shout out to um, Josh Demadovich. I don't know if you've met Josh. He has um, a company, a platform called Improving Interviews, and what he really is doing is working both with the businesses as well as the job seeker to really rethink that whole process? You know, what are the words that you're putting on there? You know, are you relying too heavy heavily on AI? How well are you training those people that are actually the ones that are screening it? You know, what right. do they know what to look for? Um, how well are you um, identifying within your own organization where the bottleneck is are you getting 500 applications and only getting five you know that that get passed on you know what's what is that saying mm-hmm. um so he's um he's a great chamber member he's a board member um I've uh, been on panels with him before where we've talked about this very issue and um, he brings a lot of really good information into how businesses can really reflect on their entire hiring process
2: because what's going on is people people are just spinning their wheels oh, in, yeah. the news, the, when the news casters say, Oh, everybody's dropping out. Nobody wants to work. That's really not, does not reflect what's going on. Yeah. Many have a particular reason where they're not able to go back into the workforce, but many have just are in need of a more stable position, mm-hmm. definitely better pay. Um, it could be that home life balance, the work balance, Um, There are lots of things going on, but it seems that there are still a lot of people applying for jobs and they're not getting anywhere.
0: You know, and I'll tell you two other things around that that I think businesses need to be aware of. um, And I'm just hearing this too often, which is ghosting. So Mm -hmm. that's a term that I hadn't heard about. I kind of always, you know, when I first learned about it, I thought it was like when you were dating someone and they just you know, stopped taking your calls. Um, but it is the same concept when it's a, an employee candidate relationship. We'll have people that get two, three, four interviews in with a company and then suddenly no communication. Right. So n- not only does that sour that relationship with that person, but they're sharing this and they're probably sharing it on social media and other platforms to talk about their experience. So we want to let employers know the importance of communication, even if that person is not going to move forward. I want to talk a minute, too, about that two, three, four interview process. We've got folks um, who tell us that they've applied for jobs and they've been six interviews in. That's a lot of time. And there are people that are already currently working. So taking time away from their current role to go to six different interviews. And that leads to a third thing, which is Um, employers need to shorten that period of time. We have employers who might take 30, 60 days to get back to someone you're going to lose that person mm-hmm. um, you right know, if so that's that's another issue of like thinking about the timing
2: and and I've heard employers complain because they get ghosted by applicants but they have to realize there could be a really good reason and that is that applicant is now working you're going to call them during the day they are not going to be talking to you because they got a job someplace else right it's so competitive right no. now but
0: for yeah. business for, for businesses to um,
2: find that right um, talent and then keep them. So Kelly, a, a different view on recruiting challenges revolves around the need for employment in the immigrant communities in central Ohio. We've got a skilled, talented applicant pool, but it seems like there's a lot of red tape um, that's going on, language barriers, educational issues, um, and certainly bias in the workplace. Um, can you give us a little clearer pictures on these issues and, and is what's what's going on? How can we help the employers see the value in this group. Yeah, so I'll
0: I'll share a quick statistic. In the Columbus MSA, we have 190,000 foreign-born individuals. When wow. so you think about that, that's a large number. And many of those individuals are between the ages of 16 and 34. So we've got people within that age range where we think about entering the workforce and you know moving up in the workforce. Another statistic about that group here in the Columbus market, and I think this holds true across the nation, Close to 46% of those individuals hold at least a bachelor's degree from their country of origin, have skill sets, certifications, credentials, job experience, all sorts of things that they could bring to the workforce. Mm -hmm. You mentioned something very critical, language. So there are lots of resources here in central Ohio where individuals can get ESOL, English for Speakers of Other Languages training. Many of those are offered for free. Places like um, my old stomping ground, Eastland Fairfield Career Center, has day and evening classes for individuals that come in and want to learn English or better their English. Or my English is already pretty good. I want to practice for you know what I'm going to do next. I think we also need to do a better job, and this would take probably more movement from our legislature to recognize credentials and give reciprocity mm-hmm. We have people here that are oh, practicing physicians and anesthesiologists and others in their country of origin you cannot do that. They basically have to start over. Right. So, what can we do to grant some type of recognition for you know their their achievements so far and their ability to do the to do the work? We also have great partners in this space. Jewish Family Services in Columbus is the largest resettlement agency in the state of Ohio. Um, contrary to the name, Jewish Family Services, they're not limited to people of the Jewish faith. They're open to employers and job seekers of all of all walks of life. Um, Chris Community Refugee mm-hmm. and Immigration Services is a great partner. I mentioned those two because the chamber. Um, was the lucky recipient of a grant from Columbia Gas of Ohio Source, last year. And the whole intent of that grant was to help the business community understand who are the refugees and immigrants in Central Ohio, what skill sets do they bring, what challenges have they faced, um, how can you connect with them in a meaningful way. So we offered three educational series. As a result of that, we had an early adopter, um, Amerisource Bergen, and this was in the dispatch most recently, um, came to those events and partnered with both Chris and Jewish Family Services. And as of a conversation yesterday, has within the last nine months hired 180 refugees oh, to work. These are good jobs and these are great workers.
2: I We used to see that a lot at, at Employment for Seniors where an individual would come in with PhDs. Um, from major universities throughout the world, and they would get to Columbus, and they're like, they can't get a teaching job, they can't get a job in a lab. Uh, what do they do with a PhD in chemistry? Right. You know, and, and um, that has always been a huge issue. So it really is wonderful.
0: And, yeah, I think if we could, you know, influence that in some way, that would be, you
2: know, to all of our betterment. Mm-hmm. And that kind of goes back to that notion of the employer using something other than the AI in terms of their decision-making on applicants yes. so that somebody like an an immigrant with particularly those with higher degrees can actually talk to somebody and that they can see the level of understanding skills and knowledge that the person has.
1: Definitely. And we mentioned Intel a little bit ago, and it's so easy to spotlight the large corporations coming in and the Mm -hmm. larger because they, they make the splash, they make the news a lot more, but you know small businesses are the backbone we know that people know that it's been said over and over again minority and women-owned businesses though struggle with funding resources and discovering mentoring opportunities we've had previous episodes talking about that actually Um, has the chamber delved into this arena any advice that you can provide uh, these small business owners from a chamber perspective to get help
0: Sure. Yeah, that's um and you're absolutely right. You know, our chamber, our Columbus Chamber has over 2100 members. 90% have um 50, 50 employee, employees or fewer. Wow. So, I mean, we are, you know, a chamber of mostly smaller businesses. We have the large well-known marquee names, but they our small businesses are the backbone certainly. We recently hired um the chamber recently hired our first um Officer for Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Access. We have a new VP. Um, her name is Sharice Sledge Thomas, and she is helping our business community, um, our, particularly with a focus on that smaller business community, um, figure out, you know, what are their goals for DEI and A. Um, how how are they positioned right now to become a, an a, again an employer of choice that is a more diverse, inclusive, and um, Equitable workplace. So we've created, or she's created, a portal on our chamber website where a, an employer can log in and go through um, a journey, an assessment journey, you know. What are you doing right now as far as hiring? What are you doing right now as far as retention? Um, you know, Where are you sourcing your talent? And you know, kind of figure out where do you want to be? What do you want to do differently? And then resources are available either as a self-help or you can schedule a consultation with her and she can sit down and do a much more intentional review.
2: Wonderful. So I'm going to uh, sort of piggyback on that. For the past 10, 11 years, my view has been to help older workers. And in terms of learning to become great candidates, um, often I would hear applicants, um, clients tell me that they were asked questions like, oh, When did you graduate from high school? or Don't you think you're overqualified for this job? Um, and I particularly like that, okay, boomer mm-hmm. comment um, <laughs> that, that has come about. Um, it would seem that older employees can learn just as much from younger cl- um, colleagues as the younger can learn from older colleagues, that it doesn't have to be one or the other, that they can mix well and play well in the in the environment. Um, but how do we manage those three, four, five generations of workers in the same room? And more importantly, how do we recruit and retain those individuals so that we have an age-bias-free
0: environment? Right, and, and you bring up such a critical point. I mean, when we're asked to you know, divulge things on our resume or during the interview that, that indicate our age or how long we've been in the workforce. Um, even though, um, many businesses, you know, are, um, you know, promote as not having ageism, there is still ageism. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is, I mean, that we have to root that out, right. We have to be able to call that forward. Um, I think again, going back to one of the questions around, um, engaging with older workers, you know, are there, are there jobs within your organization that might be, you know, bringing in someone from the outside, like from that employment for seniors or others to do a project based? Now, let's talk about having a multi-generational workforce already on on site. Um, I, I love the idea of using things like Strength Finder, where we're not talking about peer groups of people just simply by age, but, you mm-hmm. know, what what are, what are people's strengths regardless of what period of time they were born and partnering people and making good teams that create a balance as opposed to you know and i've had that said to me too about okay boomer and i'm like well uh, whatever you know i'm look at me over here on uh, teams and zoom and everything exactly. else rocking exactly. it so um i i think that if we think more about what are the skills and strengths that everyone on the team brings and then build those teams around that recognizing though that some people may not have experience with i mean i will admit um, transitioning to zooms and teams was a bit of a challenge for me but only for a short period of time you know and i Mm -hmm. i did know who on my team to go to to ask ask for help um and i also think celebrating the team sometimes is a really good way to approach that too so that we all feel like we're contributing right
1: right I'm glad we're seeing the momentum of at one time uh, it was all the way to the point of employers had to train themselves you're just out on your own but now I'm seeing and hearing local employers at least offering opportunities their, just for the retention sake mm-hmm. of saying hey, if you we want to help you stay, we want to help you stay. Uh, are there programs and services and funding available that provide skills training to current employers that they may not be aware of to to help them with retention?
0: Yeah, so there's, um, I'm sure you guys have heard of TechCred. TechCred, the funding um, pool through uh, the Governor's Office of Workforce Transformation, Um, they they open up windows periodically for businesses to apply for um, approval. But how this works is if you're looking around at your incumbent workforce um, or even bringing on new workers and you say, it's mostly around technology type skills, but that's pretty broad. It goes through construction, biology, um, you know manufacturing, all the way across. So if there's a skill set or a certification and you want to upskill that worker or bring on board a new worker and upskill them, um, you can apply for funding to have that you know training, you know, basically supplied at, by the state of Ohio by that Office of Workforce Transformation. So that's always a good one. The Workforce Development Board of Central Ohio continues to have funding available for businesses to upskill. I'm real excited about something that um, maybe you and your listeners have have already heard about, but it's the Columbus Promise. We're starting with this graduating class of the students from uh, Columbus City Schools their graduates this year will be able to attend Columbus State Community College for free tuition. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. I mean, removing some of those barriers to access for young people to go in and and get up to, I think it's six semesters of education paid for. And when you look at what Columbus State is doing from an equity standpoint, they are, you know, providing food to students that they know are food insecure. Um, just so much in that space of making sure that the whole person is taken care of. So I love TechCred. I think it's great. Let's let's get more people through those. And um, I think when I pulled up the latest. Um, from January, the numbers were Ohioans had at that point in that January window earned 4,434 tech-focused credentials. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of education Mm -hmm. happening to helping to upskill. And I have to think that when Intel and others were looking at Ohio, I have to think that looking at what we do to invest in people was probably part of the consideration.
2: You know, one of the things that um, I always tell clients to use, but employers should also be aware of, um, we have resources such as the Columbus library has a contract with LinkedIn learning. Yeah. And although that's much more informal, there isn't a formal credentialing system. If you have a, of a, a, a um, an employee with, they may need just this little bit much more information that's all free through a Columbus public library card. Okay. I it can't get any simpler than that. And yeah. there are tens of thousands of courses on that program. And, and it, it used to be called lynda.com and it was purchased by LinkedIn and it's now called LinkedIn Learning. So there's just lots and lots of things like that that are out there mm-hmm. that employers can use to help skill their 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 employees.
0: Absolutely. And what a great resource and aren't we fortunate that we have the Columbus Metropolitan Library um, amazing access in the, you know, the, I think it's on the second floor at the main branch and mm-hmm. you know, the whole business and you know the it's right. just incredible. So lots and lots of resources. But to your point, you can access a lot of it from, you know, wherever you are in the mm-hmm. moment remotely. Right. Um, So yeah.
2: Kelly, we want to um, remind our audience that we are going to include all these details and all these resources. One that we didn't talk about today that I just want to give a shout out to um, Ryan Blackburn from Ohio Veterans Services Commission and all the work he does with employers who also help employers meet up with great candidates who are are veterans living in Ohio. Um, But Are there other kinds of resources that we haven't mentioned today um, that could be helpful to the local employers? Oh, gosh, that's a
0: really good question. Um, uh, uh, Those that we haven't mentioned yet today... Well, I would say I would kind of we we talked about them a little bit, skirted them a little bit. But the career and tech centers throughout the, this area um, have both high school work, uh, high school students and adult students that are getting job ready. So if you um, are looking, especially in the skilled trades, but it's not limited to that. I mean, we have a lot of career centers that have adult and high school programming that offer um, biomed and construction management and architecture and um graphic design so it's it's not your you know it's not your grandpa's vocational school you know we have a lot of great resources in that space um and i think as mentioned you know chris and jewish family services we also have um an um, an organization called score ohio um can be a huge um asset a huge help um I'm thinking through some others in in my in well, my and, Rolodex and
2: for for employers or individuals who want to start their own company. We have the Ohio Small Business um, Centers, yes, the Development Centers. So. Yes,
0: SBDC. I think that's located over at the Columbus State Campus. Mm-hmm. For others who um, are thinking again about um, becoming an entrepreneur, um, ECDI, um, mm-hmm. Economic Community. Um, Development Institute, you know, they're fantastic. They do a lot of work, um, especially to help um, a minority and women-owned businesses. So there's a great focus there, too. Um, We're so lucky in Central Ohio. I think we just have not only great resources, but we have resources that want to
2: collaborate and want to help and want to see results. Right. And, you know, I think that uh, for both employers and individuals who are job seeking, the biggest issue is, again, my favorite saying is they don't know what they don't know. And so um, they don't even realize that the resources are out there. So I encourage employers to contact your local chambers. You're going to get information from those entities um, that can help you in all of these issues. And, And if they don't know, they're going to know who can help you, who can get that information. Absolutely.
0: For you. Yeah. And thank you for, thank you for mentioning that. I mean, certainly the Columbus chamber is here to help, willing to help, wants to help, but chambers all around the region, you know, have, have people on board on their staff that can be incredible resources and navigators for you to your point. I don't know what I don't know, but I need help. So where do I start? So exactly. that can
1: be a great starting place. Great. great. Right. Well, as we start to wind down, any thoughts, any last words of wisdom as we move toward a, a better economic situation let's hope
0: <laughs> yeah no that's a great question you know i was thinking about the last time i was here and we were just in you know get you know really in the thick of it and one thing that I has been on my mind a lot lately is, you know, the the phrase getting back to normal. And I, I want to unpack that a bit because I think there were things that we normalized before the pandemic that we probably need to stay in the past. Right. Mm-hmm. So what the world looks like now, what the workplace and workforce looks like now, um, we have a lot of opportunity. You know, we we I think uncovered some things that were maybe barriers to people getting to work. And now we can be more intentional about helping to address those things like mental health and wellness in the workplace workplace. So, um, back to normal, I'm kind of, I'm trying to like kick that phrase to the curb a little bit and, and just say, you know, we need to get to, we get, need to get to next. Right. And the next I think is going to be better than what we were looking at before. Right. Very
2: good. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's always a pleasure to to talk to you. And I learn so much every time. Um, again, you know, listeners, we're going to have all of these different ideas and um, opportunities and agencies and organizations listed on our show notes. Thank Thank you for joining us. Thank you both.